Hello, it's only me. I just wanted to let you know that in this episode there are potentially some mentions of me having a Patreon page where you can find all sorts of extended and bonus content by subscribing to my Patreon. Those comments now no longer apply because I have deactivated and deleted the Patreon page. It's a long story, but I do fully explain it in episode 8, so I'm not going to go into depth here. However, I will say that you can now get two episodes a week, one on a Monday, one on a Friday, instead of having to wait an entire week for a brand new episode. That being said, I hope you enjoy the episode that you're about to listen to. Bye. Hi, I'm Sean, and I once discussed my toilet habits with a member of the royal family. I don't know what I'm talking about. And welcome back to I Don't Know What I'm Talking About. I'm your host, Sean Clark Wilkinson. And uh, that, um, what I just told you at the start of the podcast, is a genuinely true story. Actually, well, I don't know if it's true. I I don't know if they are a member of the royal family. Or were. Or, like, I, I, like, I don't know. Basically, the story goes, uh, when I was three, I don't really remember this happening. My family and I were down south somewhere, and I can't remember where. I'm guessing Wellington? Is that somewhere in the UK? I don't know. But anyway, we were at the place of residence of the Duchess and the Duke of Wellington. Now, I'm throwing out an assumption there because I'm not a royalist. I don't really know that much about the royal family. I'm throwing out an assumption that they are members of the royal family. Anyway, to cut a long story short, we ended up meeting the Duchess of Wellington that day. And apparently... This is what my parents have told me. Again, I said, like I said, I can't remember this happening. I was very young. I was three years old. Apparently, I said to the Duchess of Wellington, I'm Sean, I'm three, and I can stand up to do a wee. I think at that point in my life, I I'd, I'd clearly hit a milestone I was very proud of and uh, <laughs> decided that this was the best person to tell at the time. I'd been sitting down using the potty or whatever and at some point I had made the leap from potty to toilet and from sitting down to standing up and I was I was I was proud of myself proud enough to announce it to the Duchess of Wellington who to this day I don't know I don't know who that is so you can do with that information what you want but I'm putting it out there for you also uh, you might have noticed I've decided to switch up the uh, the intro to the podcast. I found that the I, I I found it quite jarring when I was listening back and editing the two previous episodes at the beginning of the podcast when I would say I'm Sean and here's how I'm feeling. Largely because most of the time I'm feeling quite content, and I thought over time that's going to just become boring. Like, yeah, okay, I was happy on that day for this specific reason, okay, but most of the time when I come to record, I'm just content, which is which is a great place to be, and it's where you should be, it's where I'm, I'm happy to be, but I just figured that would get boring over time, and it sounded a little bit cheesy, if I'm honest with you. So I've decided to go down the route of, hi, I'm Sean, here's a little fact about me, here's the intro, kind of thing. So that's what you're getting from now on. Uh, And eventually, I will run out of facts about me because I've had a fairly boring life. And the intro will just be, 
Hi, I'm Sean. Welcome to the podcast. So anyway, hi, I'm Sean. Welcome to the podcast. This is I don't know what I'm talking about and I genuinely don't know what I'm going to be talking about at some point today. I'm going to spin a wheel. I'm going to spin it four times if you're listening on Patreon. I'm going to spin it twice if you're listening on the public forum. And whatever topic it lands on, I have to talk about. I have to spew some kind of verbal bullshit towards you. And it's all based around the idea of normalizing unexpected and potentially uncomfortable conversations. At some point in life, we're all going to have to have a conversation we don't necessarily want to have. We don't necessarily expect to have. It could be hugely beneficial to someone else and you could be helping you could be really helping a friend by sticking it out and saying look you know what doesn't matter what you need to talk about I am here to talk to you about this so that's why I set myself this challenge of recording a podcast where I'm just gonna I'm just gonna spew stuff about stuff that I potentially could know absolutely nothing about I think episode one I had to talk about um turkey teeth episode two tap dancing so you know I have an interest in tap dancing but it doesn't span enough to warrant me being able to talk about it for a lengthy period of time, but I got there. So, without further ado... Oh, also, um, before I move on, what I wanted to do is just... It it, it, beca- it sort of came to my attention when I was editing the last episode. This 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 is largely for people who are listening on Patreon, because public only only people listening on Patreon will have, will have been able to hear this. I spoke very... Um, I don't want to say aggressively, I don't think the word's aggressively, I spoke very um, openly about my dislike and hatred, I guess, is a strong word, but true, uh, towards tobacco and towards, um, you know, and, and how I think it should be banned. Anyway, if you if you follow me on Patreon, you haven't heard it, then go and listen to it. If you don't follow me on Patreon, then follow me on Patreon, you can listen to it. And then I followed that up with uh, talking about tattoos. And basically, basically, it, it sounded quite contradictory, but I wanted to explain what, what I meant by it. Because in, on one side, I, I, I said, I think, I think that tobacco should be banned because it's deadly. Um, and then in the next breath, I said, tattoos are fine because people should be able to do to their bodies whatever they want to do. It's that, that, like it's their own bodies kind of thing. While I... I, I do still stand by that, you know, um, people should be able to do to their bodies whatever they want to do, but I don't think people should do things to their bodies that are going to potentially kill them. So I'm standing by what I said, but I I figured there could be some backlash from people saying it was a little bit contradictory what you said. And I'm ready for people to come at me if they want to, but I stand by what I said, but I just wanted to explain what I said. It, it, it comes from a place of, uh, I'm being very selfish but it does come from a place of love. Largely because, like I said, in in that podcast, my mum has smoked for as long as I've known. A large portion of my family smoke. And I don't want to lose them. Certainly not prematurely. So that's where sort of my hatred for tobacco comes from. People probably would argue, if I want to smoke tobacco, that's me doing that thing to my own body. And then you said that about tattoos as well, which you were on the side of. Tattoos aren't directly linked to deadly diseases. Yes, there are anomalies where people have contracted some kind of blood poison and, you know, where the needle hasn't been properly cleaned and they've, as a result of that, died or whatever. But there haven't been studies made proving that 
tattoos will shorten your life exponentially. So that's why I stand by what I said, but I understand if people want to say it sounds contradictory. And that's really only for people who are listening on Patreon. So uh, if if you listen to this publicly, you, you could very well have just skipped that whole section just there. Anyway, shall we spin the wheel for the first time today? The topic is crime. Crime as in that thing that gets you put in prison if you commit it. Why is this in my topic wheel? Fortunately, I say fortunate. Yeah, fortunately, I'm a massive criminal. No, I. Um, fortunately, I do have a secret passion. I say secret. It's not this. Oh, that's that, that's gonna sound disgusting. I was gonna say I have a secret passion for true crime. Look, I enjoy listening to true crime podcasts. That's where I'm at. I listen to at the minute. I'm listening to Morbid with Ash and Elena, and and that's why we drink with Em and Christine. They're the two main ones I'm listening to at the minute. Uh, I enjoy a true crime podcast. I went to see, actually, earlier this year with a very good friend of mine, Kylie. I went to see a theatre performance called Psychology of a Serial Killer. Genuinely, it was fascinating. What what I'll do now is I'll share the two sort of standout things that, that, that stood out to me from, from that evening. Because the genuinely astounded me so firstly what i'll do is i'll talk about btk now btk was a serial killer there's a man called dennis raider and he 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 was active he was an active serial killer in i think the 70s and the 80s but dates will dates and timelines will be wrong because i'm i'm not i don't have all the information these are just things i'm kind of remembering um i think he was active in around about the 70s uh and 80s and he he called himself BTK because his his motive was kind of his like MO was bind torture kill and what he would do is he would stalk out a premises uh of like a family home and he'd stalk it out for weeks weeks and weeks and weeks he would watch the family come in and go and work out their routine what days they do what okay yep they do that at that time on that night they leave for work at this time in the morning on these days you know and horrible horrible man disgusting man and he would then choose a, a day and a time to commit his crimes and he would enter the house ha- well he at first he would cut all telephone wires so no phone calls could be made from inside the house like to the emergency services or anything he would cut the telephone wires then he would make his way and he'd break into the house with the family in there and then he would uh, bind them torture them and kill them uh and that was that was what he did now what i find most fascinating about well he got caught completely accidentally because at first when he was active when he was active that sounds it sounds so nonchalant doesn't it when he was when he was murdering people that was in the sort of 70s slash 80s i can't remember it suddenly just stopped and the case went cold and the, the police hadn't found him and it was just a complete cold case. No, there, there were no traces of him, no nothing. He, he'd, he'd thought of everything to make sure he didn't leave any DNA or anything. And then suddenly in the 1990s, he started sending letters to the police, like cryptic messages, uh, pictures, letters, different things. And one day he said to the police, if I send you a floppy disk, will you be able to trace it back to me? And the police 
very casually said, no, we, we won't be able to trace it back to you. So he sends this floppy disk to the police. Lo and behold, they tracked it back to Dennis Rader. This is the man who committed the murders. Uh, and eventually he got put in prison. He will spend the rest of his life in prison, thank goodness. But this is what I'm getting around to now. That was just his backstory. What I find most chilling and most fascinating about that entire case is his daughter, because he was a family man as well. It wasn't like he was some kind of random loner. He had a he had a wife and a daughter, like a loving one. And he was he 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 wasn't abusive. He wasn't um he wasn't you know his marriage wasn't breaking down or anything. Like he was a completely loving family man. But then at night he would just go and do these completely heinous things. And he had this wife and this daughter who was completely shocked when all of this came out. I actually remember as well watching a, a Netflix documentary about him and apparently when the police uh, surrounded his, uh, I think they went to his workplace to, to arrest him um, and they, uh, when when they arrested him, apparently he very calmly said to one of the police officers, um, can you let my wife know I won't be home for dinner? Oh yeah, he knew, he knew, he knew there and then, I know what's happening. I'm going to go to prison for the rest of my life. Um, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, so he he had this daughter, and his daughter wrote a book after the fact called "Don't quote me on this." I'm sure you can look it up yourselves. It was called something like "Daughter of a Serial Killer" or "My Dad Was a Serial Killer" or "Kid of a Serial Killer" or something like that. And she wrote she wrote a book. And um, one thing that she said in this book was things that that felt so lovely years ago suddenly took a very dark turn when she found out what her dad was really like um one instance was that she was house hunting and her dad came with her and she saw this house and she said i really love this house dad i think i'm gonna put an offer in on it like i want to buy this house and his dad said to her okay but we're gonna have to make some changes there are some bushes in your back garden we need to get rid of them um You've got, you know, the trees and the, there's like there's a tree line sort of towards towards the back end. We'll have to get rid of all of that, flatten it off. And the reason he said to her to do that is so that she wouldn't have um, creeps and criminals stalking her and watching her from the back garden. And at the time, she thought to herself, oh, that's really sweet that my dad would think about that. And after the fact, she realized it's because my dad was doing that himself that is is why he didn't he didn't want me to have bushes in my garden because he thought people could be sitting there watching me from the shadows when in reality he was doing that to other people before he was then taking lives so yeah that's um horrendous isn't it <clears throat> but he's in prison and he will be there for the rest of his life now then there was another case i'd just very quickly talk about because i know this section might have gone on for uh, a bit longer than i anticipated so there was a, a case in, I think this was the 1980s also, um, called the Golden State Killer. And this was a person who would enter homes and trigger warning. There's going to be some quite choice words in this that I wouldn't use myself, but I'm just explaining what happened and there are some trigger warnings here. This person would enter homes of couples they would tie up the 
the male couple, it was usually a heterosexual couple, tie up the male, the, the tie up the male of the couple, um, and 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 balance crockery, uh, cups, saucers, plates, cutlery on the man, and basically say, "I'm." This is disgusting, by the way. I'm I'm going to rape your partner, and if I hear you moving, like if I hear the crockery move, I will know that you've moved and you've tried to escape. If if I hear you move, I I will kill her. So this is how these crimes began. They then escalated to murder, um, killing multiple people, um, and raping hundreds of women despicably and again the case went cold they couldn't find who it was it seemed as though this person was able to get inside these uh, apartment buildings these houses prior to the attack so that they so that he could trace out the rooms and he knew where he could go and he knew where he could hide and he knew the layout of the building and they couldn't work out why so they held this this sort of meeting in the in the, in the sort of city uh sort of like a city council building and hundreds upon hundreds of people turned up for this meeting with the mayor and lots of law enforcement and stuff and they they turned they they basically were talking about what they're going to do about this killer about this horrible horrible person a photograph was taken at the event at this council meeting thing and every single person that was in the room, apart from the photographer, was in that photograph. After they'd had this meeting, they started then receiving letters from the killer saying about how you're never going to catch me. You said this the other night at the meeting, like, dream on, you're never going to catch me. So they worked out the killer must have been there that night. So they start scouring the picture, who looked suspicious in the picture, brought no leads. The case went cold. It got colder and colder and colder. 2018, a woman sends her DNA off to a website so that she can trace her lineage, something like Ancestry.com. For one reason or another, her DNA ends up in sort of the hands of the police because her DNA matches DNA found at the scene at the scenes of a lot of the crimes of the Golden State Killer. Now, she was too young to have been the killer, but they called her in for questioning to see if she might have known anyone in the picture or any, anyone who would have known, uh, who could have been there that night at that event. And she pointed a person out who was a relative of hers, who was a police officer. And it turned out all these years when this was happening, it was an, it was a, I want to say LAPD police officer. Was it in LA? It said Golden State Killer. I don't know. I can't remember what state it was in. But how mad is that? That he was only caught because one of his descendants sent her DNA off to a to a, an Ancestry.com style website to try and, you know, trace her lineage. And it matched the DNA found at the scene of one of the crimes or several of the crimes. There you go. How mad is that? That's my take on crime. Let's move on to the next topic. Oh, this one's lovely. This is children and family. Uh, at this moment, I am a married man. I have no children. Uh, my wife and I, this is very personal, but my wife and I currently, uh, we've talked about it. 
uh, we're not in a position where we want children at the moment. If uh, if children happen, children happen. But currently, we are very happy being the two of us and our wonderful, wonderful doggo, Puddles, who is uh, was being quite noisy at the start of this episode, but has now chilled out loads and he's just sitting next to me on the sofa. So, how do I fill out uh, a number of minutes with children and family? There are... My my family's a big family. This This is the thing. I, um, when my wife and I got married, because my wife is, bless her, my wife's family, as in blood relatives, is just her mum, my mother-in-law. So it's my wife and her mum. My wife's dad died when she was a baby. And so for as long as she can remember, it's always been her and her mum. Her mum was an only child, so she doesn't have any blood uh, aunties or uncles, and her grandparents have both passed on so at our wedding my wife's only proper family was her mum so on my side of the church because we did have a church wedding i know i've said this before that i'm an atheist and and everything but i did i did you know just suck it up and i got married in a church largely for my mother-in-law because she is a churchgoer so on my side of the church was all of my family and on my wife's side of the church was all of our friends and my wife does also have, um, and uh, it's her, it's her mum's best friend who she refers to as Auntie Sheila. So she is family, uh, and two of her her quote unquote cousins were here also. <clears throat> but they are, like I said, they're just they're just very close family friends. I think everyone has them people that you call uncle and auntie, but they're just very close family friends. So yeah, I have a huge family. That's why my family had to take up the entire side of the of the my entire side of the church. So my nan had four children, three boys, and then a girl, my mum. My mum is the youngest of four, and she had three older brothers, which in her younger years meant that she was terrorised quite badly. But as she grew older, she became very well protected, more so. And there's a story. So my uncle, his name is Tony Clark. Everyone loves him. Everyone here, everyone around here calls him Uncle Tony. All my friends refer to him as Uncle Tony. He is Uncle Tony. He's the famous Uncle Tony. People love Uncle Tony in this neck of the woods. At school, Tony was quite uh, well-renowned, let's say, for being a bit of a bit of a naughty boy. Bit of a he, he didn't mind a bit of a fist fight, a bit of a scuffle at school, uh, and he was very broad very well known and people didn't like to cross him and in my mum's first couple of weeks of high school a football uh, appeared at my mum's feet it just been kicked over by some boys by accident and she knocked it back to them as you would uh, and this boy walked up to my mum got in her face and said don't kick my ball basically or words to that effect my uncle tony saw this uh, came over, got the guy by the scruff of the neck, uh, pushed him up against a wall and said, you do realise that's my little sister. And my mum was never, ever bothered again by anyone. So yeah, strong family bond over here uh, on my side of the family. Uh, my So yes, my, my nan had, my, my nin, 
Okay, so we call her Nin. Let's lay that down now. Every time I say Nin, I mean my mum's mum, who is my nan. But we call her Nin. So for future reference, she's my Nin. She had four kids. Each of them had two kids. They're all my cousins and my sister, obviously. And then on my dad's side, my grandma had three boys, my three uncles. Uh, One of them had three girls. And the other one had two kids. Then, plus obviously me and my sister. We are a big family of kids. And on two separate occasions, once when I was sitting on the floor in front of my cousin Taylor, uh, and sh- she was on the sofa and I was sitting on the floor, and once I was sitting on the uh, back step of the back door and she was standing in the back door, she sneezed. And snotted a big old goopy splodge of snot straight into my hair on two separate occasions. The same, and it's not like it's a common occurrence. Oh God, that that happened to you, did it? It's happened to no one else ever. But on two separate occasions, she sneezed while stood behind me and snotted mucus gel on my head. So thanks, Taylor, if you're listening to this. I very much appreciate that. Kids are funny. Uh, when I was uh, when I was <laughs> when I was younger, uh, well, when me and my sister were younger, we used to fight a lot, as siblings do. Siblings always do. Uh, my sister cannot remember this to this day, um, but I certainly do. She, if you're British, you know what I'm talking about. If you're uh, if you're not, then you might not. But we we used to have something in the UK called the Argos catalogue, and it was a big, thick book full of stuff that you could buy from a shop called Argos okay and me and my sister were having an argument once I think it was over which VHS to put on or not if you can remember what they are I wanted to watch Spider-Man I guess she wanted to watch something else or just didn't want to watch Spider-Man and she threw the Argos catalogue at me and I still to this day can see that spine launching towards my forehead i got her back though um for her eighth birthday i uh, she got some rollerblades uh and i decided to put them on and since it was her eighth birthday she asked me if she could have them back i said no and i kicked her in the jaw uh <laughs> and uh another set, uh, another couple of our cousins had a swing set in their garden uh, and they had one of those swings where you kind of... It's kind of like a seesaw swing. So uh, you can sit one on either side and it swings back and forth and back and forth. And we were pushing it to each other once. Just There was no one sat on it. We were just pushing it to each other. And I um, decided to push it much harder than she'd pushed it towards me. And it um, hit her in the nose. Very hard as well. And I'll just close this section off by saying this. My sister wants... Because... She used to have to, and you know this is this is. I hope I hope people can agree that this is within the. Uh, this is this is within the confines of uh, children and family, because my sister is my family, and this is what happened when we were children. My sister used to have to walk through my bedroom to get to her bedroom, and one morning I woke up. It must have been like a Saturday morning. I woke up. I came downstairs, and my toenails were pink. I have absolutely nothing against wearing pink nail varnish. I, uh, If you want to wear it, 
100% wear it, whoever you are. The problem I have is, I didn't know it had been applied to my toes by my sister, because she did it while I was asleep. And I had convinced myself, upon seeing it, that I had contracted some kind of infection in my toes and I was going to lose them all. And for about 45 minutes in that morning, before she woke up and came down, completely pissing herself, laughing because of what she'd done, I thought I was going to lose all of my toes, like some kind of Everest frostbite victim. So yeah, thanks for that, Stace. I love you lots. Anyway, on that cheery note, I think it's about time we finish up the podcast. Thank you so, so much again for listening. If you have any comments, questions, topic suggestions, or if you just want to join the conversation, want to talk about what I've been talking about today, then you can email me don'tknowwhatpod at gmail.com. You can follow me on my socials, uh, either my personal or of the podcast itself. Uh, They are in the Linktree link in the description of the podcast. You can also follow me on Patreon. If you don't know what Patreon is, it's a service where I will post extra bonus content for a fee. So you will subscribe to me uh, with like a monthly payment. You can get shout outs on this main podcast. So if you follow me, I'll shout out your name on this main podcast. It'll go out to the public. Everyone will know that you follow me on Patreon and you'll be adored for centuries and centuries and centuries. You also get bonus uh, extended versions of this podcast. So I've explained it before, but I will explain it again. Every time I record this podcast, I spin the wheel four times. If you're listening to the free public version, you only hear two of those spins. If you follow me on Patreon, you can listen to all four spins. So the version of this, which is the extended, uncut, four-part topic wheel, if you get me. Plus on top of that, I have monthly bonus special guest episodes. That's where I have a friend on with me talking about the topics. And there will be four spins and we discuss whatever is thrown at us. But it's more conversational because there's an extra person. And that's once a month on the first of every month. Plus early access to the public episodes. So instead of hearing this podcast On the Friday, which is when it's normally posted, you will hear it on the Monday, four days before. Four days before? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, four slash five, however you want to count it, days before. And I'm working on this um, at the minute, so there'll hopefully be more benefits coming to you very soon if you follow me on Patreon. But you don't have to follow me on Patreon. It's completely your choice. I'm letting you know how you can follow me on Patreon, how much it will cost and what you will get, but you don't have to follow me on there at all. If these episodes are fine for you and you're happy to just listen to these, then that's perfectly fine. I know there's a cost of living crisis going on and everything. We've all got to save money somehow. We've all got to make money somehow. That's why I started a Patreon account. But what I will ask is... Because it's completely free for you to do and 100% beneficial for me is if you are enjoying the podcast but don't have the wherewithal to be able to follow me on Patreon, then please rate and review this podcast. Five stars would be 
lovely and I would love you forever. And uh, on whichever podcasting app that you're listening to, if if you can leave a, 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 a review, if you can leave a comment, write anything positive, uh, then yeah, leave a review. If you the, the more five-star reviews I get, the higher up the podcasting chain I get pushed and the more I will get pushed out to other people and the bigger the podcast will, will grow and we can grow this community and hopefully make the world a happier, more comfortable place with people more more comfortable to talk about their feelings and stuff so yeah i'm sean and thank you for listening to my podcast have a good day